Peace, peace. We are back once again with another episode of Masterminds with Brother Shemel. I'm your host, Brother Shemel. And on this episode, this will be known as Fall to Fanaticism. And in this episode, we will go over chapter 11 of Circle 7, and I will expound on some things that I think are very important. Um, Before I do so, I just want to take the time out to just say that uh, I'm recording this particular recording episode on a day which is celebrated by many people across the world, um, the day known as Christmas. And I think it's very interesting and fitting that I present this particular subject um, because it doesn't just only pertain to this particular day, but it pertains to a lot of ideologies, a lot of um, traditions, a lot of beliefs that people have all over the world. And I don't want to confine it to one thing in particular or make it seem like uh, I'm speaking radical against one group of people because it's really not about that. It's really about the lesson of us elevating and expanding our consciousness um, so that we don't be confined in the box as much as we have been for so long. So with that, I'm going to take the time out to read from this particular chapter, uh, chapter 11, starting with verse 1. Among the Buddhist priests was one who saw a lofty wisdom in the words that Jesus spoke. It was Barato Arabo. Together, Jesus and Barato read the Jewish Psalms and prophets, read the Vedas, the Avista, and the wisdom of Gautama. And as they read and talked about the possibilities of man, Barato said, Man is the marvel of the universe, he is part of everything. For he has been a living thing on every plane of life. Time was when man was not. And then he was a bit of formless substance in the molds of time. And then a protoplast. By universal law, all things tend upward to a state of perfectness. The protoplast evolved, becoming worm, then reptile, bird, and beast. And then, at last, it reached the form of man. Now man himself is mind, and mind is here to gain perfection by experience. And mind is often manifest in fleshly form, and in the form best suited to its growth. So mind may manifest as worm, or bird, or beast, or man. The time will come when everything of living life will be evolved unto the state of perfect man and after man is man in perfectedness he will evolve to higher forms of life 
And Jesus said, Barata Rabbo, who told you this? That mind which is man may manifest in flesh of beast or bird or creeping thing. Barata said, from time which man remembers not, our priests have told us so. And so we know. And Jesus said, enlighten Arabo, are you a mastermind and do not know that man knows naught by being told? Man may believe what others say, but thus he never knows. If man would know, he himself, he must himself be what he knows. Do you remember Arabo when you were an ape or bird or worm? Now, if you have not better proving of your plea than that the priests have told you so, you do not know. You simply guess. Regard not then what any man has said. Let us forget the flesh and go with mine into the land of fleshless things. Mine never does forget. And backward through the ages, master minds can trace themselves and thus they know. Time never was when man was not. That which begins will have an end. If man was not, the time will come when he will not exist. From Allah's own record book we read, the triune Allah breathed forth and stood seven spirits before his face. The Hebrews called these seven spirits Elohim. And these are they who, in their boundless power, created everything that is or was. These spirits of the triune Allah moved on the face of boundless space, and seven others were, and every other had its form of life. These forms of life were but the thought of Allah, clothed in the substance of their ether planes. Men call these ether planes the plane of protoplasts, of earth, of plant, of beast, of man, of angel, and cherubim. These planes, with all their teeming thoughts of Allah, are never seen by eyes of man and flesh. They are composed of substance far too fine for fleshy eyes to see, and still they constitute the soul of things. And with the eyes of soul, all creatures see these ether planes in all the forms of life. Because all forms of life on every plane are thoughts of Allah. All creatures think, and every creature is possessed of will, and in its measure has the power to choose. And in their native planes, all creatures are supplied with nourishment from the ethers of their planes. And it is so with every living thing until the will became a sluggish will. And then the ethers of the protoplast, the earth, the plant, the beast, the man began to vibrate very slow. The ethers became more dense and all the creatures of these planes were clothed with coarser garbs of flesh, which men can see. And thus the coarser manifests, which men call physical, appeared. And this is what is called the fall of man. But man fell not alone for protoplast, the earth and earth and plant and beast were all included in the fall. The angels and the cherubim fell not. Their will were ever strong. And so they held the ethers of their planes in harmony with Allah. Now, when the ether reached the rate of atmosphere, and all the creatures of these planes must get their food from atmosphere, the conflict came. And then 
that which the finite man called survival of the best became a law. The stronger ate the bodies of the weaker manifest. And here is where the carnal of evolution had its rise. And now man in his utter shamelessness strikes down and eats the beast. The beast consumes the plant. The plant thrives on the earth. The earth absorbs the protoplast. In yonder kingdom of the soul, this carnal evolution is not known. And the great work of masterminds is to restore the heritage of man, to bring him back to his estate that he had lost, when he again will live upon the ethers of his native plane. The thoughts of a law change not. The manifest of life on every plane unfolds into perfection of their kind. And as the thought of a law can never die, there is not death to any being of the seven ethers of the seven spirits of the triune law. And so an earth is never plant, a beast, or bird, or creeping thing is never man. And man is not and cannot be a beast, or bird, or creeping thing. The time will come when all these manifests will be absorbed and man and beast and plant and earth and protoplast will be redeemed I'm just going to stop there because that is really important and really tells all in reference to the subject matter one of the things I want to speak on and expound on is how do we get to a point where so many different people um, have the beliefs that they have and why are these beliefs so strong how does it get to that point where a belief can be so strong where if you have just a regular conversation with that person or two people have strong beliefs then it becomes an argument it becomes a fight and then there's anger and then hatred is bred, right? Which is part of the lower self, what the lower self breathes. Hatred, slander, lewdness, murder, theft, and everything that harms. Where the thought to harm another person comes about because they don't agree with what you agree with. And it came to me that there are several stages in which human beings fall to a state of fanaticism and um, just keep in mind that with more science we're taught that you know our duty is to uplift fallen humanity and we just read about the fall of man the fall of man is twofold in a sense in one sense it is the fall from the spirit being the spirit man to the physical man the coarser denser body that's one part of the fall also the other part of the fall is the thought is is basically within how we think right we gave up our birthright just to gratify the lower self which is the carnal self which is the body of desires so as I was pondering this 
I broke this down into nine sections. And you can basically take this take this process and apply it to anything just about okay when you first if a child is born let's go from the state of a child because um, your programming usually starts um, from birth up until seven and it continues on but those are the key years from the time of birth to the age of seven okay the child comes into this world and they have preferences right when you're giving choices of things to do things to say things to um, put on things to taste you acquire preference right because remember this is a plane of desire plane of manifest is a plane of desire the lower self is the body of desires so you first have a preference right um, no matter how um, malignant or benign right no matter how well intentioned or bad intentioned you have a preference let's say you have a preference for peanut butter and jelly okay so that is now your preference for what you want to eat you like to eat it eventually because you prefer it and you do it often you eat peanut butter and jelly often it becomes a tradition it's a tradition to wake up in the morning you know and eat your peanut butter and jelly sandwich right that's a tradition so it goes from preference to tradition you prefer to do a thing then you do it so often you frequent it that's where frequency comes in it becomes a tradition from that tradition, the tradition be- then evolves and morphs into a custom. A custom is basically the tradition that becomes a part of your identity, right? Particularly with a group, a group identity. So a group of people, they carried on a tradition, and that tradition became a part of how you identify them. That's their custom. Right? It's the custom you come into a uh, someone's house and take off your shoes, right? It becomes the custom. The custom is to uh, first thing you wake up and you eat the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That's the custom of these people that like that prefer peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, right? From a custom, and I know it sounds silly, but if you if you really think about it, this can be applied to anything, from religion onward, politics, everything. The custom then becomes the culture. The culture is a body or a collective of customs. You know, you have a series of customs. That's how you identify people in their culture, right? Because they do certain things in a customary way, and that is their custom. That's how you do it. So they operate through that. Through their body of cult, through their body of customs, which is their culture. From the culture, an ideology or philosophy is developed in relationship to that culture. What are your ideas about that? Well, we believe, you know, our idea is that, you know, because we eat peanut butter and jelly, that there's many benefits to eating peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's, a, that's how we, we 
we think that it starts the day off right to eat peanut butter. It's ideology, your ideas, right? Man's ideal is his God. Man's God today is not, it's tomorrow not his God. So, and that, that segues into religion. So in ideology, and you see this with men who are called prophets, most men who are identified as prophets had came with a series of ideas, um, innovative, inspirational, uh, revolutionary, controversial ideas. And then a religion is built around that particular person and the ideas that they presented. Okay. So most religions, you'll deal with a founder of that religion, what they taught, um, usually a book or a set of writings that came with that person or that, or at least they introduced to that particular group of people who they came to because they usually come to a, a particular group of people, not everybody across the world, even though religions can spread worldwide. And then a place that they go to, to, you know, to remember this person, right? Whether it's a temple, synagogue, mosque, school, even if they say they're not religious, right? And then you have the oral statements, the the hadith, the gospels according to just things where it said, yeah, I remember um, this brother, this sister said that this, you know, the man said, the messenger said, the prophet, the, the father, he said this, said, don't do that, said, this will happen, said, this don't happen. All these come into where religion is a set of beliefs, right? And then you have that set of beliefs that come into play. And then as it comes into play, and again, I'm not saying any of this is bad. I've not said it's, it's a bad thing. You know, I'm not saying religion is a bad thing, ideology, culture, customs. This is part of social, this is part of um, social studies, if you will. This is sociology one-on-one. This is how societies are, are formed. By nature, we socialize in this manner. You know, if people have a, a group of people come together with a preference then they set up a group and they start having traditions and it become customary. They build a culture behind it. They have an ideology behind it and it becomes a belief system. They have a set of beliefs, strong beliefs. That's a religion, whether they call it a religion or not, whether they say they're religious or not, that's what it is. And then from religion, it segues and develops a dogma. Now, though it's similar there's a distinction between the religion and the dogma. The religion is something that can be um, more personal, right? You can have, there are people who are in certain religions, various religions, where it's just, they're in it, that's their personal belief, that's how they relate to God, the Most High, you know, the Almighty, the Source, whatever name or title you give. And then that's a person, how they believe that they will connect with that source and then there's the dogma the dogma is where is the religion that is in the form of imposing or promoting or 
um, propagating it to others in the sense that it no is no longer a way to the divine. It becomes the way or the best way or my way is better than your way. That's where the dogma comes in. Right? Or, you know, that type of mentality of, you know, being having a dogma as well. Okay, yeah. Yeah, they, they believe that with some similarities, but what we do is better. It, it works better. You can get to God quicker with, with what we do. <laughs> he says, hey, you, it's like a vehicle. I always say that religion spirituality is a destination and religion is a vehicle it's a tool to get there I've always you know said that um, since I came to that realization but you know participating and being members of various religions and things of that nature I've come to that realization it's not that religion is bad per se it can be used for bad it's a tool you know, just like a hammer, you can use to build a house or you can use it to crack somebody in their skull. It's a tool. But we're going to get into all of that. So from religion, you get into dogma. From dogma, what spawns after that is superstition. Superstition is based off of fear. Superstition is fundamentally now, it's no longer about you know, pushing something or promoting something to other people as being the way is now becomes a set of um, ideas or beliefs where if you don't do something a certain way, then a wrath will come down. You know, if you, you know, the broken glass, you know, it's not just that, the broken glass, the black cat and some years, all that stuff, don't step over this, don't break the line or whatever. It's it then becomes even with religion like if you don't do something a certain way then you won't get to heaven or you'll go to hell or the wrath of God will come down on you that's superstition like Stevie Wonder said when you believe in things that you don't understand you'll suffer superstition is the way from this song superstition it's based off of fear Superstition is founded off of fear. So now you got dogma translating into transforming into superstition. And then the final stage is fanaticism. Fanaticism is that extreme um, belief, extreme state of mind founded on your what you believe to be true, not what you know, but what you believe to be true. In which it now brings you to the point where you will harm someone based on what you believe. You will attack someone verbally and or physically based on a belief, something you can't even prove. And it, and it's not even to say that the belief is a good or bad belief, that there's, that there's no truth in it. There may be a lot of truth in it, but if you're, fan, if you're fanatical in it, then it has not it has not brought out the best in you so that is a fall nine step nine stage fall to fanaticism a fall that takes place all over the world and you see the state of the world today 
you see a lot of that. And that's that's very interesting that we have that today. And I want to get into the aspect of the power of believing um, because in the mind, because when we really look at it, we'll see how everything is based off of how we think a thing is, our perception of it, not necessarily whether it's true or not. And even to give you an example, when we speak about um, the various books that people say is the word of God, right? Even if you received a revelation or a download, as they like to say now, I'm getting them downloads. Your mind is filled of, full of filters. And because of those filters, even if you got a pure message, by the time you processed it in your mind, because of all the filters that you, you still deal with, you know, your, your beliefs, your, your hangups, your, um, your prejudices, your emotions, your imbalances, um, even certain defects that you may know or may not know about within your very being. When I say defects, I mean neurological defects, physical defects, whatever have emotional defects that you haven't cleared out yet. By the time you put it out, express that pure truth that you suppose have received. By the time you express it out in the form of verbal words or written word or art or music or whatever expression you use it's now not pure there's a there's there's a filter there's a taint to it right and I want to address this as well uh People could even argue about what I do because I always, or at least I make it a point to read from the Circle Seven when I speak about metaphysical topics. Everybody doesn't deal with that book and everybody doesn't believe in the book, which I totally understand. It's not about that. The reason why I use that book, as well as I use other books, is because it's a reference point and I use that particular reference point because the people who I converse with most frequently are familiar with that particular reference point now I could have made most of my um, episodes using a bible as a reference point or the Quran and Mecca as a reference point or the Vedas as a reference point. I could have used that as the main primary reference point, but I don't due to the fact that, you know, in my journey of disseminating this information, the majority of the people that I personally interface with that I get the most immediate feedback from on a day-to-day basis um, people who listen to my broadcast and have followed me um, as far as 
my my teaching journey throughout this time, they're very familiar with that. So it's an easy reference point to get to. But you can take the same words that I use from those that particular reference point and find something in the Bible, find something in the Quran of Mecca, find something in Vetus, find something in any particular book, any 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 reference point. If you deal with the essence of the message and not so much the literal words that are, are said, because we have to transcend. That's what fanaticism is. We have to transcend from getting into the what to get to the why. Right. I like to focus on the why more so than the what, meaning why is a thing said? What is the what is the true message that's to be revealed in it? Um, a lot of fanaticism is based off of what, which we have to stop falling into. Now, I want to get into part two of our discussion. And I want to start off uh, with a quote from Buddha. And that quote is, your greatest weapon is in your enemy's mind. I'll repeat that. Your greatest weapon is in your enemy's mind. And what I take from that ties in to a part in the Circle 7 where it speaks about if you were to look for the devil, you must look within. His name is self, right? And referring to the lower self. So, if the devil, who we also like to call Satan, and the word Satan simply means adversary, enemy, is within, and that is your lower self. What is the devil sometimes called? The lower self, right? If you look at that from that perspective, then you realize the mind or the mentality of the lower self is the greatest weapon that you must study meaning you must be able to know how to master self right not someone else you can learn from someone else but you can't truly master someone else you must only master yourself you only need master to master yourself and in mastering yourself you will be able to master your environment and pretty much um, navigate and control the situation where others may want to do harm because thought is the cause of it all so how do we get to that point of mastering the mind because in in, I'm an advocate of this and uh, I always like to speak really on this we have to get back 
we have to understand first in understanding the mind is the power of the belief, the power of believing, right? Also, in the circle seven, it speaks about the three um, salvation, particularly in um, chapter seven. Towards the end, it says salvation is a ladder reaching from the heart of men to the heart of Allah. It has three steps. Belief is first, and this is what man thinks perhaps is truth. And faith is next, and this is what man knows is truth. Fruition is the last, and this is man himself, the truth. Belief is lost in faith, and in fruition, faith is lost. And man is saved when he has reached deific life, when he and Allah are one. So, the belief being the first step, right? You can't get to the third step without first going to the first step and the second step, of course. But belief is the first step. Even in science, when a person has a scientific theory, that theory is a belief. It's not a fact. (laughs) They don't know. They haven't proved it. They have... Um, logical reasons for coming up with it but that doesn't make it a fact there are scientific theories that are disproven that have been disproven throughout time and we know this but somehow even in the scientific community they want to make you think that if it's not in the realm of science it's not real with when even within the scientific community in the realm of science they deal with stuff that they can't even prove so we have to realize that the power of belief belief again that which is what man thinks perhaps is true to believe something is to accept something without knowing it to be a reality but this is um, something to realize that the most important consideration in determining how one responds to something whether it be a symbol or a person because when we when we talk about uh, particularly religion you have religious symbols right and you also have religious figures Meaning, they would be your prophets, your messiahs, your messengers, ETC, your gurus, your swan, all, all of that. Right? You also have religious books, which is also can be put in the same um, context of religious symbol. Because if I show you the picture of the book, you know, it will conjure up certain feelings, certain emotions within the mind of the person who believes in that religion. Same thing with a uh, religious place of worship, right? If you take that person to a Muslim, to a mosque, an emotion will overcome them, right? Same thing in maybe a particular church to a particular Christian of that denomination, particularly if it's the church that they grew up in, right? It will bring back certain memories. This is all within the mind now. So... In determining how one responds to that particular symbol or figure is the amount of mental energy 
or what you would call focus that the person is invested into that particular symbol or person right that is how strongly he believes in that symbol right and uh, I posted some time ago uh, a statement and that statement was um, something to the effect of you realize what you energize and you energize what you recognize so I want to take time to explain that you realize what you energize meaning whatever you put energy into energize is what you bring you realize you bring into reality that's what we talk about the mental focus you make that the reality and you only energize you only put energy into that which you recognize that which is within your mental scope of um, gnosis of of cognition right cognition I'm sorry so that which you're cognizant of within your mental scope that which you are aware of your consciousness is that which you will put energy into so let's put it in the context I always say existence comes through consciousness so you have one person who's a Christian and their reality is Jesus another person maybe a Muslim their reality is Muhammad right now to the Christian Muhammad is not is not a real prophet right to 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 Muhammad Jesus is not son of God it's not in their realm of they don't recognize it they're not conscious of it it's not something that they recognize right they don't give it the acknowledgement <laughs> right it's not in their, within their scope of awareness to somebody else to an atheist Jesus doesn't even exist right so they they're they Oh, they're all dealing with the atheist, the Muslim, and the and the Christian. And that's in this situation. We can use any different group of people, but in that situation, they all living in three different realities. Three different realities that they're all in. Though they interface with each other on this plane of manifest, their reality their reality is based on their their perception purely on their perception what is real to them you can even do that in politics if somebody you know um, a communist their reality if they're living a, particularly if they live in a communist country or what they call a communist country capitalism does doesn't exist it's not what they put energy to. It's it's not valid. It's not it's not even worthy of having a discussion. Same thing to a person in a democracy or a capitalist society, what have you. It, they, vice versa, communism. Uh, that's, that's not even worth a discussing. 
It's not real. It's not valid. Right? How you feel about something causes you to validate it. The validation comes from how you perceive a thing. Okay? Now, if someone doesn't agree with you and you get in an argument, that person doesn't see what you see as valid. Right? Thus, you have you you'll catch feelings behind that because they were saying basically what you believe in or what you you think is right. That's not even valid. It's not where it doesn't have merit to it. So let's use an example of a figure. OK, since it's that time of year, we'll use Santa Claus. OK, the symbol of Santa Claus. Right. Saying ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. That's enough for some children to get excited right you still got children being put on the laps of strange men in the mall (laughs) because they dress up and say that they're Santa you know um, that still goes on Um, there was I have to I have to mention this because this is relevant it's funny and sad at the same time um, a brother that I know uh, posted on social media that he he witnessed a conversation of a, old, a younger woman and an older woman a younger woman was making a statement that you know Santa doesn't fit in chimneys you know the, the image of Santa as we know it he's too fat to fit in a chimney and the older woman said, uh, yes, he can. He he can do magic. Which, when I first read it, you know, it was funny, but then I was like, it's sad. Not only sad in the fact that um, the older woman made the statement, but the fact that in two, 2019, as we're recording this, uh, as I'm recording this, and which will go into 2020, there's actually a a conversation about Santa Claus as if this is something to be discussed and that just goes into the aspect of belief right every year and media plays a big part in this the mental energy okay we talked about the symbol the amount of mental energy that person invests in that symbol um, determines how which is basically how strong you believe in that symbol Right? How you respond to it is based on the amount of mental energy. So how is mental energy, how is into energy generated or um, transferred towards that symbol? Right? Repetition. You have to constantly be, it has to be constantly brought into your consciousness, into your awareness. It has to be constantly brought um, to your senses, mainly the sense of sight but also the sense of sound, right? Think of all the songs, um, the Christmas songs that go through, right? Santa Claus is coming to town. Um, Santa went straight to the ghetto, you know, uh, whatever. Old St. Nick, all these Christmas songs. And we can use that for many different other things, you know, Religion uh, actually thrives and expands by way of music. 
every major religion has re, um, religious music to it, whether it's Islamic, Christian, Hebrew, Hindu, all of them have 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 a body of music that is that has been produced and continues to be produced. Right? It helps keep it helps keep it alive. As a matter of fact, music is one of the major tools that keeps the beliefs alive. You know, all you have to do is listen to your favorite song. If it's telling you, oh, how I love Jesus, you're going to get that good feeling about Jesus. Even if you just read something that that kind of um, challenged your belief, all you got to do is listen to that good song and you're back in church. You're back saying hallelujah whatever it may be whatever it may be you know it's not just confined to Christianity or any religion it all has to do with the repetition that is put through um, to your senses by where you process and in turn process it in your mind okay so for others the same symbol of Santa Claus you know, some say Santa is Satan. Right? It's just the word, the letters are switched around. You know, they may, Santa is looked as, you know, something that has been used to oppress people, you know, economically. Because every year you go broke. You know, it's one symbol, but one symbol can have a variety of um, different feelings um, that it invokes, depending on the person and how they perceive that symbol. Um, belief is definitely um, one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful, of the mental filters. And it determines whether the information we reassemble in our minds is a reality or merely a reflection of the way we like things to be. Okay? Again, you realize what you energize. And you energize what you recognize. Okay? So we, it definitely behooves us to expand our realm of consciousness and awareness. So we don't be locked in the box and repeat the same realities that do not benefit us. Okay. Okay. You have to expand your sphere of influence. Expand your, you know, you know. If you want to, if you're in a bubble of failure, <laughs> you don't want to stay in the bubble of failure. You expand. You expand out. You know. Some people were living in the hood. They got out the hood. You know. It doesn't mean you 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 feel a negative way to the people who live in the hood, but. If you want to create a reality, you have to change your environment, right? You have to expand your realm of awareness, expand your realm of of what you're cognizant of, of your cognition, your gnosis. So dealing with that, okay, that again, as I mentioned with the Santa symbol, you know, you can fall into 
fanaticism because that also deals with the um, principle of polarity you know the swing to the left is equal to the swing to the right and we have to learn to raise ourselves in a higher self above the swing of the pendulum where we're swayed by feelings and emotions likes and dislikes because that's how fanaticism comes about that's all it's about what you like and what you dislike okay so it's both the actual and perceived power that is pumped into a symbol okay mainly as I mentioned by media mass media or by the person themselves um that you know causes for people to be manipulated through the use of that symbol right it's your belief that gives the symbol power right whether you look at a cross a star and crescent uh what you call a six pointed star ankh anything red black and green flag moorish flag um anything right and we gave to a swat sticker in a confederate flag it's the belief that gives that some power otherwise you're just looking at lines and circles and things of that nature but again the, the power that you give to it starts placing the mind now there is such a thing of course the sacred geometry which has the ability to have effects on certain mind states but again you have to be at a state of consciousness to even get to that point to look at the symbol in that way you can go to somebody who's completely unaware and oblivious to that type of science show them that and it will have show them something of sacred geometry and has no effect on them they're not even raised up on that vibration which again I I try to steer away from even saying that because it that makes it seem like I'm condemning a person it just is what it is but again it all takes place in the mind thought is the cause of it all so in other words the symbols are effective only when they stimulate the belief response in the subconscious if the symbol does not stimulate the response in your subconscious then it doesn't have its power power is a manifest it's an illusion okay now once you ask why why do these things work right why would these preferences and symbols and these customs work on a people to make them behave a certain way not just think but behave a certain way okay now these things bypass your conscious part of your mind okay things that are done repetitiously seep into your subconscious you have three parts you have the superconscious conscious and subconscious the things you do anything done repetitiously will seep and supplant itself it will make an imprint in your subconscious mind okay 
and it talks directly to the subconscious level of your mind, which is non-judgmental. Okay. All right. So it is at the subconscious level that all the playing begins. Okay. So the brain is not a camera. Okay. What the brain sees through the five senses is not perfect. Because as I remember, I said, even if you get a pure download of truth, of information, or what have you, the filters that you have in your you have in your being, based on whatever trauma you went through, whatever your prejudices are, your belief systems are, your um, whole host of other filters, mental filters that you deal with. Right, your fears, your emotions, your psychological issues, they process how you perceive it, and they also process how you express what you perceive. It's like a person watching a movie, right? People watch a movie, uh, let's say your latest movie, could be any movie, I'm not gonna. really get into particular names. Everybody knows what the latest movie is at this time. And probably by the time you watch you listen to this broadcast, it'll probably a new be a new movie that came out. Everybody will have their opinion on it. You got people who post their reviews on YouTube and in the likes and they give their opinion on it. They give spoiler alerts and all that stuff. And you have people who feel one way about it. You have people feel maybe the opposite way about it. You have in various uh, opinions in between. Remember, uh, general opinion is no proof of truth. For the generality of men is ignorant. But just even beyond that, it's an opinion. (laughs) An opinion is based on your personal perception of a thing. It's personal. And your personal perception of a thing is based on how you are wired psychologically, emotionally, and otherwise. So, I mean, that is what that is. So when we get back into um, that particular chapter, I want to recap on the chapter that we, we dealt with. The very fact that we talk about fanaticism. In the um, chapter 11 of the circle 7, it says that now when the ether reach the rate of atmosphere and all the creatures of these planes must get their food from atmosphere, the conflict came. And then that which the finite man called survival of the best became a law. The stronger ate the bodies of the weaker manifest. And here is where the carnal of evolution had its rise. Now I just want to pause right there because this is not just a physical eating that you can attribute it to, but also mental a conflict of ideas as well. Okay? Because again, the survival of the best comes into the survival of the best idea. A man's ideal is his God. So 
who has the best idea, right? And this is based on your ego. Who, you know, who has who has the strongest religion? Who has the most members? Who's the most successful? Who's the most popular? Or what's the most popular? Right? What looks the best? Based on how you think it becomes the conflict. You are all fighting. But we are all fighting for food in this atmosphere. Meaning we are all fighting for an identity. Because as the food, as physical food maintains your physical existence, the ideas maintain your identity. Okay? I want you to think about that now. Your identity is founded or is fueled by your ideas. Your idea your personal ideas of how you see yourself others ideas of how they see you right okay if you are the real estate guru then what makes you the real estate guru is your ideas (laughs) or your ideas of a thing that's your identity you gotta maintain your identity you're the expert on real estate and anyone challenges you on that there's a problem And not only are you an expert on real estate, you are the go-to guy. Then the other guys, they're not really the expert that you are. That's just one example, right? We could, again, this can be done preference from preference to fanaticism. Can be applied to any situation. And I'll recap on those steps. Preference, which goes into tradition, from tradition to custom, from custom to culture, from culture to ideology or philosophy, from ideology to religion, religion to dogma, from dogma to superstition, and from superstition to fanaticism. So we all must raise our thoughts to the highest plane of life, because that's where we'll be one with the omnipotent. We're one with all, where all these other things won't matter. So I hope um, this information has been of benefit to you. And thank you all for tuning in. Until next time, peace and love.